It's a chicken and check. Go on to Buckaroo. Hello. Joe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Heine House Live, a podcast about the exciting and ever-changing world of gaming, gaming and, and technology. technology. Heine House Live is available on mama, iTunes, mama, Spotify, mama. Stitcher, or wherever else you, you listen, listen to podcasts. podcasts. For all other <laughs> like info, including links to our community discord, <laughs> live video feed, episode archive, and a whole host of other great entertainment, please visit HeineHouse.com. Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the heiniest of all houses. I'm your good friend, Jason. Straight kicking it with you. Thanks for being here. It is February 16th, 2020. This is episode 42 of Heine House Live, the podcast where I talk about all kinds of chit. Not shit. Chit. C-H-I-T. Chit. Um, thanks for being here. No, I appreciate you guys so much. Hope you're having a great week, great start to your week, or a great end to your week. You know, because these weeks, they start and they end for everyone differently, as we know. As you become an adult, that's one thing you learn. There's no Mondays anymore. Every day is fucking Monday. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, we got to get a mic over there for you, Steph, so you can just click it on and a little chitter-chatter platter with me when you feel like it. They got a little on-off switch. I'll do that next time. <laughs> See, because I'm doing the podcast during the days. And she's working right here. So she's right here. She gets to hear me. Lucky you. Uh, do I have like something lucky? Uh, oh, how about Becky? That rhymes with lucky. Let me smash. Let me smash, Becky. Please. Steffi, let me smash, please. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk gaming. We're going to talk tech. I have a couple of stories. And then uh, we have a voicemail. Uh, I think I have a voicemail. I'll have to go back and double check. Oh, yeah, I do. From... Uh, I think it's from Cameron. You know, we're going to just rename that section of the show, Cameron. We're going to be talking about voicemails with Cameron is basically <laughs> what it's going to be. And no, I appreciate you calling and, and following up and chatting with me. Absolutely great. I encourage everyone to do so. I want to talk to you guys. Hello. It's just Steph and I and Bob here. Hello. Send me a voicemail. Let's chat. Chitter, chatter, platter. Heinehouse.com's website. 503-908-5490 is the phone number. 503-908-5490. You can also record yourself on your phone, tablet, computer, uh, Dixie cup, smartphone, dumb phone, whatever you got, and email it over to HeineHouseLive at gmail.com, okay? We'll get you on the show. You know the drill. Oh, and I would love a review. Can you give me a review on uh, Apple Podcast or or uh, Spotify or Stitcher or, or uh, Podbean? Uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts, please give me a review. I'd really appreciate that. Um, that helps me grow the channel as well. Big shout out to the patrons. Boom. Round of applause for these lovely folks. As you see on your screen, much love. Much love to y'all. You all. Appreciate you guys. Patreon.com slash Jason Heine. That's where you go and give love and support to keep this show alive amongst other things. But this show completely 100% funded by your support on patreon we have 27 patrons right now i'd love to get it up there would love to get to 50 would love to get to 100 hey would love to go full time that's the goal baby let's do it let's get there would love it i'm not sure if you've noticed folks um i'm gonna give a a, a shameless i have no shame whatsoever and promoting the great stuff that's been happening here we have been honestly we have been pumping out content the Heine House Live podcast has been going. 
The YouTube has been exploding with content. We just filmed another thrift and everyone loves thrifting. Um, I did a top 20 Super Nintendo games video that released last week. We have live streams. We have gaming. We have, I mean, there's just so much and it feels really good. Like I am super inspired. I'm excited. Um, it's tough to do when we work full-time jobs. It basically allows me a day or a day and a half uh, total to, to work on this stuff on the weekend. And literally I wake up, it's back to back and I love it. And I say to myself, I'm like, I'm busy and it's stressful and there's stuff going on and I love it. Like I'm thriving in it. And I, I love it so much. And I encourage everyone, please, you know, take part, um, look at what's going on out there, uh, be inspired yourself. And um, I hope that we all can continue to create and be um, creative people. You know, that's what it's about. So just feels good. Just feels good. If you haven't noticed, please go cruise the YouTube, go cruise the Twitch. I've been streaming as much as possible on the weekends and then doing this show. It's just awesome, man. Just feels really good. Um, I'll be, I'll be honest, man. I would love to just spend all my weeks full time doing this stuff. And that's the goal. That's what we're working towards. Been working at it a long time. Doesn't happen overnight, you know? Um, but with your help and support and encouragement, um, and even just friendship, you know, you want to swing by discord, you know, hit me up on social media, say a little something, hang out, you know, that's, that's what it, it's super important to me. So thank you. Much love to you guys. Uh, I got some random news. Let's talk about a little random stuff that's been going on. Um, star Wars, the galactic star cruiser resort. What? <laughs> yeah, it's a real thing. Uh, Disney's planning on opening a Star Wars-themed hotel called... Well, no, we, we actually had to look this up because I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm probably still pronouncing it wrong. Is it Halcyon? Halicon? Halcyon? I don't know. H-A-L-C-Y-O-N. Halcyon, I think, is the, uh, is the, the uh, themed hotel. Behind a Galaxy's Edge in, the, in Hollywood Studios, Disney has announced this. Uh, it's going to be a hotel. It's a real deal. It's a, I have some pictures I'm going to show you in a little bit. Check this out. Guests will be in control of their own interactive adventure. It's like a cross between a live-action role-playing game and an all-inclusive resort um, given to you through the eyes of Disney and Star Wars. This is going to be really, really cool. When So there's some notes. Steph wrote some... Thank you, Steph, for taking the time to put these notes together and help me out. Round of applause for Steph. She definitely has been helping me out. I need it. I appreciate it. So she wrote a whole bunch of notes here. This is really cool. Check this out. When guests arrive, they will enter a launch pod for transport into space. Through the windows, they will be able to see themselves leaving Florida behind, jumping into hyperspace and drawing closer to the Halcyon uh, docking station. What? Then it will dock, the airlock opens, guests will step into the ship's main deck. What? Uh, once aboard, uh, members of the crew will greet them, other passengers, and everyone will be all together. Uh, familiar with the Star Wars characters, they're all going to be there as well. It's going to be completely inclusive. Star Wars Galaxy Edge at a hotel in Disney and Hollywood. Oh my God. It's like you're walking into Disney or uh, Star Wars. Like, this is really cool. Um, yeah. Super, super cool. I got some pictures of this. Pop this on. Boom. There it is. Look at this. So this is what you're going to be seeing. You know, there's the ship. And then this is, you know, what you'll be seeing when you board. And then like, look at this stuff. These are all just mock-up drawings. But I mean, honestly, if we know anything from Disney, 
their mock-up drawings are pretty much what it's going to look like. You know, I think the, I think the audio auto industry should take note when they make these prototype cars and they draw them up and they look all fucking amazing. And then they come out looking like a Prius. Like we need to, we need to fix this. It doesn't look anything like your concept drawing. Your concept drawings were amazing. Just have Disney come over there and make your mock-up drawings. Very, very cool. Look at that. I mean, not going to lie. You know, this shit's going to be expensive. I have some other Disney news about them raising their prices on tickets. I mean, this is, this is another problem. Yeah, it's going to be great and everything if you can spend $800 a night. I mean, I don't have figures. I'm just guessing, but it's not going to be that much. Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it will be. Ridiculous. Prepare to start saving for it now. And then when you arrive, prepare your anus. Because uh, Mickey will be there to greet you. Uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. How about uh, the ticket prices like I talked about before? Disney is raising the ticket prices again. LA Times reported on this. And then a whole host of other people. There's tons of stuff. It's all over YouTube. People are going crazy, going ape shit with good, good reason. Every year they do this. And it's it's frustrating. And the whole argument is, is that they're pricing people out from going. But the reality is, is people still go. And who goes? The people who are more wealthy, right? So it's like the average person, you know, with average income, just you can't go. Like, what the fuck? You really can't go. It's so expensive. Uh, this was past Tuesday as of writing this article. A one-day park hopper, which a, a park hopper lets you go to um, Disneyland, and then you can hop over to California Adventure as well. You can go back and forth. Um, personally, I would choose to do just one park per day. That's the cheapest way to do it. Don't do the hopper. Cause honestly, you go to Disneyland, you're going to want to spend the whole day there. You want to go to California adventure. You're going to want to spend the whole day there. You don't really want to go back and forth unless, unless you get bored of one or the other very easily, which in, if you do that, then why in the fuck are you even going? It's crazy. But so don't get the park hopper. Just get the one day pass. But if you do, uh, what do I have here? Rose from $160. Rose to $160 from $154 and, and lowest demand days and $209 is the new ticket price from $199 during the highest demand day. So they have basically on and off season. So so if it's it's $159 for an off season and $209 for an on season. Fucking crazy, dude. $209 a day. Doesn't include your parking, doesn't include your hotel, doesn't include food, nothing. That's just get in there, smell the Disney flowers, and go walk through and uh, have really an amazing time. But it's just crazy, man. Um, yeah. Parking, some people are saying it's like 25, 30 bucks a day. Depends on your hotel, la da da da. Gotta take a shuttle. Yeah, it's an investment. I mean, if I, I feel bad for people who have a large family and want to do a, oh, I don't know, family vacation, you know, that people usually do. It's like, can you imagine? Yeah, let's go to Disney with my family. It's going to be $6,000, like $10,000. What the fuck? Who's got that kind of money? No one's got that kind of money to do that. Not anyone I know anyway. We keep playing the lottery and we keep losing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um Okay, how about some Nintendo news? I actually have some Nintendo stuff. I know last couple episodes, Nintendo's been a kind of a reoccurring theme. They've been in the news with some stuff, man. They're, they're doing some stuff. And uh, it's good to see, right? It's good to see. So Nintendo, they're currently bringing Switch lounges 
to airports. Of course, they're starting at SeaTac. They would, because Seattle, right? Um, Washington. But they are starting in SeaTac Airport, and it's going to be a lounge, kind of semi-gaming type area where you can play your Switch and lounge and chill and relax if you have layovers or you know, you're delayed for your flight. It's pretty cool. So kind of a little Nintendo-themed area. I think that's pretty awesome. Um, SeaTac International Airport. They're looking to expand to others, but Seattle's going to be first. They're going to allow travelers to pause for a moment and play some popular video games, including Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart 8, Super Mario Odyssey, and Mario Party. Oh, and guess what? Tetris 99 will be there. Oh, yes. We love that game. Game demos will also be available in both handheld and TV mode. So it looks like they're going to have consoles on hand that you can play. Maybe some demo, maybe some kiosks. This all sounds really interesting. Uh, Nintendo, uh, the VP of sales, Nick Chavez quoted here, spending time with Nintendo games at our on the go lounges, what they're calling them, will give people the opportunity to begin or end their journeys with a smile. Oh, isn't that sweet? Nintendo of America, VP of sales, Nick Chavez. Pretty cool. Yeah, no, I think it's great. Because honestly, look, I'm not complaining about Wendy's at the airport. I'm not complaining about that. Because when I go to the airport and I got a layover, what the fuck do I do? I go to Wendy's. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that's what I do. I would much rather go to Wendy's and then go to the Nintendo lounge and play some Tetris 99. How about it? I'm all for it. Gonna have to say, though, Nintendo, uh, just a little word of advice from, you know, Jay over here. A little word of advice. Y'all better fix your Joy-Cons because after a month or two of those kiosks being in there, guaranteed they're going to be fucked up. Guaranteed. Going to be having Joy-Con drift, and then you're going to have just a big old lounge of nothing. You better get your Joy-Cons fixed. Better get that uh, straightened out. Um, yeah, I have a rant. I'm going to do a rant. Why? Because I'm raging. I'm raging over trying to get tickets to, to go see Rage Against the Machine. Fuck you, Ticketmaster. They're the fucking worst, aren't they? They're just the worst. I wanted to go see Rage Against the Machine. They are doing their world tour. They've, after 20 years, they're coming back. They're playing some shows, maybe some one-off stuff. Rage is one of my favorite bands, really, of all time. Heavily influenced me. Really the main reason why I got into drums, like, heavy. They, they're fantastic. What a great band. I wanted to see them at all costs. I didn't care what it took. Well, that's what I told myself. I'm not paying thousands of dollars for tickets. It's just not happening. So they announced... Here's a quick... I'll try to make this... I'll try to make this brief. They... Announced that, oh, you got a, what do you got? Oh, she's got a live feed of it here. So, oh, so she just gave me a, on her phone here. So they're 332 a seat right now. Before they were 1300. Yeah. Uh, And the charity seats, they were like even more than that. I saw some charity seats for like 1500 bucks. This is crazy though. Even still, they were $125. $125 a seat. And I was fine with that. I would have paid that. So here's what happened. They announced, okay, here's our tour. Tickets go on sale Thursday morning, uh, 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. on our website. Perfect. 
I got off work at 8 a.m. I drove home. I had some coffee. I had some snacks. I'm there. I'm waiting. I'm on the website. I'm logged in. I'm prepared. I am fucking prepared. I'm logged into Ticketmaster. I have my account created with Ticketmaster. I have my credit card in my hand in front of me. I'm ready to go. I'm prepared. All right. I have everything ready to go. Like I'm ready to click and buy. Ready to go. So I'm there. And about a half hour, about 1030, it says, oh, I see you want to buy Rage tickets. Click this to enter the queue. I click it. I enter the queue. It says, great. There's 2,000 people in front of you in the queue. Once 11 a.m., once the clock strikes, you know, once Cinderella gets her slipper, everything's going to happen and you're going to go in and then you're going to purchase your tickets. One purchase per person per transaction. Perfect. I'm good with that. Fine. Since you can only buy four tickets. That's fine. I only wanted to buy three. Steph, me, my homie Bido's flying in from Kansas. He's going to come hang out. He wanted to go to the show with us. Perfect. Well, I get in the queue. I get in. It says, okay, here we go. It pops me in and there I am. Boom. And I see all these seats all available. 125 bucks a seat, uh, general admission, uh, up in rows A, B, C, 100, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm clicking it. I click, yep, I want that seat. I don't care where it is. I just click it. It shows me where it is. I click purchase. It says, preparing your tickets. Boom, pops up. Oops, looks like you missed out on this one. Some other fan got your ticket. Please try your search again. Okay, I go back into the, back into the fucking thing. See, I click another row. Boom, click purchase. Same thing. Boom, oops, sorry. Looks like you, another fan got your ticket. Try again, try your search again. I do this. I'm not kidding you folks. I do this for fucking two hours. In this two hours, I'm watching the prices of the tickets go up from 125 to 200, 200 to 225, 225, 285, 285, 500, 500, 625. I'm not kidding. These are all real numbers that keep going up. And I'm, I'm like, oh, what the fuck? What? The? I'm mad. I, Steph can attest. I was in there fuming. I was so mad when I got up to 1300 and then there were no seats left. I was like, this is fucking stupid. I could not get a ticket. Then after actually after about the first hour, it started popping up error codes, error code three, error code four, error code six and error code seven with this big old fucking thing. Like here's your error code. Th- what am I going to do? I'm going to fucking let me call up Ticketmaster tech support. Yeah, here, I'm in a queue trying to get a ticket. I can't seem to get it. I got an air code seven. What's that mean? Oh, fuck off, sir. You know, it's, it's so stupid. It's a complete racket. Ticketmaster is the absolute worst. They raise ticket prices. They've done this forever. They keep fucking people over. And it's frustrating. It's a dude. They're playing at an arena. How many seats does a fucking arena seat? 15,000, 20,000 people, maybe more. I mean, there's plenty of tickets. Why the fuck does this happen? It's so frustrating. So no, I didn't get tickets. I really wanted them bad. It's like, I know if you're sitting there going, oh my God, he's just like, he's going, he's going ham. Think about if you were in this situation and I don't put rage in. Okay. Who gives a shit about rage? What if it was your favorite band? What if it was something you were really, really excited about? What if it was something that you really had no control over and tried desperately to get? Like you were there, you were prepared, you're on top of it. It's, it's so maddening. It makes me so frustrated. And so, no, I didn't get tickets. I can't go. I'm not going to go. This is their first show in like 20 years. I really wanted to see them. And honestly, I'm, I'm over it. Okay. Like I ranted, I was going to rant here on the show. I ranted earlier. I'm going to put it to rest. I'm done. I, hopefully they record it and I can watch the great 
high def footage of it. Hopefully they record it in 4K, pop it up on the TV, call it a day, turn it up really fucking loud and enjoy it. And that's it. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to travel to another state. I'm not going to go across country. I was talking to some other people. Uh, I won't get into it. They're like, oh, let's go to Michigan. Ah, fuck. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to like, I'll go to Portland or somewhere maybe on the West coast, but like, dude, not even that, like, come on, I'm not going to, I can't do all that. So yeah, it's frustrating. So fuck you, Ticketmaster. God, it's so ridiculous. And then now she's just showed me the thing. Oh, uh, there's more seats available. Uh, they're only they're only three hundred now. Because <laughs> we fucking scammed people the day of for thousands of dollars. We held all these tickets, held them, held them, held them, and now it's like okay, it's died off a little bit. All right, all right, Billy, let's let's throw a few throw a few bones in there. See, get them in there. It's like, dude, fuck off. Fuck off. That's that's maddening. You know what? Just pisses me right off. God damn son of a bitch. Let's move on to this week in gaming history. How about that? Let's let's spice it up. Have any of you dealt with Ticketmaster? Have you had similar I, I know you guys have had similar um outcomes on this. I know you have. Uh let's talk about this week in gaming history. Oh, let me do this. I'm sorry, folks. This week in gaming history. Yeah. Yeah, this is the part of the show where I talk about games that were released the week that this podcast is going to be live in the past. And if you haven't noticed, I try to say it more confusing every time to try to, you know, keep you guessing <laughs> games that came out in the past during this week. All right, here we go. February 17th through February 23rd. February 17th, in 1999, Siphon Filter on PS1 was released. 2009, Street Fighter V on PS3 and 360 was released. 2011, remember this one a lot. Remember this, that PAX. Catherine on PS4, Xbox One in Japan was released. Remember that very clearly at PAX. That was like the game of PAX 2011, dude. That was insane. People were playing that everywhere. It was a big game. And 2016... A little small game. You maybe not have heard of it. Rocket League on Xbox One. Remember when that came out? 2016. It's become a, uh, a powerhouse now, but it was just a little, a little fun, almost like demo soccer RC car, you know? Like, you're like, oh, this is kind of fun, kind of cute. It's become like an esports monster now. Moving on to the next day, February 18th in 1994, Joe and Mac 2 lost in the tropics on Super Nintendo in Japan. 2008, Need for Speed Pro Street on PSP. You know, I got to throw a little racing games in there for me once in a while. How about 2010, Heavy Rain on PS3 in Japan was released. Moving on to the next day, February 19th in 2013. But can it run Crisis, bro? Crisis 3 on PC and 360. Wow, I wonder how that looks on 360. They probably had to... uh. They really probably had to optimize that thing. Can only imagine. Uh, 2016 Fire Emblem Fates on 3DS was released. That was on February 19th. Moving on to the next day, February 20th. We've got some retro here. 1993. Remember the game Flashback? It was released on Genesis on February 20th in 1993. Pretty good. Uh, how about another PSP? It was some, some love here. Metal Slug Anthology in 2007. We actually have a few on, on uh, that same day, same year, 2007 Sonic and the Secret Rings on Wii. 
Same day, same year, Virtua Fighter 5 on PS3. Hey, let's bring back Virtua Fighter, huh? Let's bring that back. Let's do it in, in Polygon graphics, though. That's what I'm saying. 2015, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse on Wii U in 2015. That was February 20th. Good day. A lot of good stuff. A couple more days. Got quite a few games on this list here. February 21st, 1986, Super Mario Brothers in Japan. This was on the Famicom disc system. Yes. So good. How about the Goonies <laughs> on NES in Japan? 1986, same day, same year. Man, you had a choice. Uh, Mario Brothers or Goonies. Uh, <laughs> what are you going to pick? I know what I'd pick. I'd pick 1993 Star Fox in Japan. Hello. Yeah. Good day right there. 2006 Sonic Riders on GameCube and PS2. And finally on February 21st. In 2014, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze on Wii U. God, has that already been six years? Shit. Feels like just yesterday. How about the next day? February 22nd in 1991, Double Dragon 3 on NES in Japan. That game, man, we got that game. We rented it first, but you know, we did end up owning it eventually. Difficult. Very, very difficult. The second Double Dragon is my favorite, for sure. But the third one, man, it had lots of... I don't want to call them like gimmicks because it sounds kind of phony. But it's it just, I don't know, man. The, the gameplay was was different. The combat was different. The hitboxes were different. And the difficulty was insane. I didn't like it as much. Uh, 2002, Jet Set Radio Future on Xbox in Japan was released. 2006, the Toka Games, Toka Race Driver 3, Codemasters, great, on PS2 was released. How about 2010? Endless Ocean Blue World. Yes, Endless Ocean. Ennui. Good times. Shout out to all gen gamers. 2011 Bulletstorm, PS3 and 360. One of the greatest, underrated, amazing. Another really, really fun game. You should go back and play it. Uh, 2011 Killzone on PS3 was released. 2012 Alan Wake on 360. And finally, in 2019, Anthem. On PS4 and Xbox One. I think they're trying to figure out what to do with that game now. <laughs> Didn't do all that well, did it? It's a shame. It's a shame. I mean, I do feel bad for developers and publishers, like when their games fall flat. You know what I mean? Like, I do feel bad because it, all it does, I don't know, man. I feel like if, if it's warranted, like if they deserved it because they fucked us over, then I don't feel bad. But like sometimes, I don't know. It's tough, right? Because we have like the indies who are getting more and more love now, which is great. But like studios, if they release a game and does bad, it's it, that's enough to shut down the studio and everyone loses their jobs. Like that's, that's the direness of it. And that makes me really sad because these people are just putting in their, their talents, you know, their skills, you know, their lives they're putting into these games and, so many factors beyond their control play a role in that. And it makes me really sad when they, they go under just, I'm not speaking directly about Anthem because listen, Anthem like EA and it hasn't EA fucked us over enough, but I'm talking about like indies and developers that don't deserve it. You know, um, 
February 23rd in 1995, NBA Jam Tournament Edition. Yes, on Super Nintendo. I just talked about this game on my top 20 list. Go watch it on YouTube. It's on there. What number is it? I don't know. You're going to have to watch. Go find out. 1995. Great year. 2006, Initial D. Super Stage on PSP in Japan. Some PSP love going on in the chat. How about that? 2010, Heavy Rain, PS3. 2012, Harvest Moon 3D on 3DS. 2016, Far Cry Primal. Primal on PS4. 2016, Mega Man Legacy Collection on 3DS. And finally, to round out this week in gaming history, in 2017, Paladins on PS4, February 23rd. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you enjoy that little trip back in time. That was this week in gaming history. I've got some gaming news to talk about, a little bit of tech news, then we'll take a call and we'll call it a day. Maybe I'll get in my truck tonight on twitch.tv slash house. Maybe I'll maybe I'll strap up my belt and pull my belt buckle real tight like get in my Peterbilt truck that's 18 wheels of steel that's just pounding down on the ground as I cruise through the entire United States in my truck Peterbilt, which means it's built by a guy named Peter. I cannot wait. To smell that burning rubber asphalt and tar and dirt, mud, whatever else is on that highway and 18 wheels taking me up, stopping by, going to roll on over to the Ram Ranch. We're going to just get in there, free shampoo to everyone who shows up before 9 a.m. It's great. It's a great deal. How about some gaming news? Animal Crossing New Horizons may have paid content. Okay, so this was last week, and we have a new updated um, article. So originally, it was stated that Animal Crossing New Horizons are going to have like DLC, like paid content. Um, it's been some speculation on that, and uh, <laughs> then. The articles has changed saying that, oh, no, no, we're not. We're not going to have that. We're not going to have that. I think people are speculating because other games have done this from Nintendo. So they're kind of freaking out about it. They're like, wait, how can this not happen? How, how can they not have paid DLC? Like one of the most hyped popular games that's going to be coming out. So because um, like Luigi's Mansion 3, Fire Emblem 3, you know, they all have some DLC. Pocket Camp, obviously. They're mobile apps, obviously. So, um, I think we're uh, actually Nintendo's. They reached who? Who did this? GameSpot. They reached out to Nintendo. No word yet, uh, specifically. And then um, we're starting to hear rumors that maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe it doesn't exist. I don't know. I personally feel that there will be, even if even if they say like no, there won't be. There will be in time. It's going to be like, hey, how about this little, maybe if you want your house to be this color, this skin, maybe you need this carpet, just, you know, buy this little thing. And then all of a sudden that opens the floodgates and it's like, oh shit. Well, if I can buy this, I'll just buy this. I don't know. It's just, it's a slippery slope. Slippery slope. How about, um, maybe you want to play Animal Droppings and you're like, I can't wait for it to come out. I want to play it now. Well, you can sort of, there's kind of this knockoff clone game um 
Animal Crossing clone. It's called, oh gosh, what is it? Hoko, Hoko Life? H-O-K-K-O? Hoko Life? I'm probably butchering that, but I mean, you tell me. I don't know. Hoko Life is available for early access on PC. It's pretty much a straight ripoff of Animal Crossing. And um, everything from arriving on the train to animal neighbors and even the relaxing music. Mm. Though it looks like you have more control over where you place your furniture and clothing designs, a bunch of other cool stuff. Full release is going to be available later in 2020. Um, is this a coincidence? I don't know, but it looks like animal droppings too. Let's pop this into the chat. There it is. Look at that. God, even the art, even the art style, like it looks just like it. Did you look at this yet, Steph? Oh, yeah. oh you did. Did you download it? Oh, <laughs> wow, Stephanie, the chair is lovely. You're already in it. Oh, look at her go. Is it multiplayer? Can I play it with you? No? Oh, we're going to have to jump in there. Oh, you look pretty cute. Are you talking to Pepper? That's Pepper right there. Look at him. Even with the beanie and everything. Dude, this is a straight ripoff. You got, okay, I'm going to say get in there now, folks. Do this now. Nintendo's going to shut this shit right on down. They're going to shut this shit down. They, they love doing that. I mean, I don't know. Is it all original assets? I guess it is, huh? It's all original. It's the yeah, it's the idea. Yeah, okay. So, so then they won't. They're not using any assets from Animal Droppings. They're using their own thing. It's just the idea and concept. <laughs> That's really cute. So yeah, hop into that. We're going to check that out. If it's multiplayer, that'd be dope. I'd love to play it. I mean, just basically play that until New Horizons come out. We're going to be all over that one. Hey, Bobby boy. Um, speaking of, uh, gosh, yes, yeah, Nintendo stuff going on. Folks, and uh, hey, look, I apologize. We're looking at articles. We're trying to find stuff, but like Nintendo's all over the place. They got a lot of stuff going on. They also announced this week that uh, some more NES and Super Nintendo games are coming to their Switch Online library. Finally, after being stagnant for what? Two months, three months? Maybe more. I don't even know when the last one was. Long time ago. Um, to their Switch Online subscribers, you can get the February games. Four in total. These include the cute <laughs> cute em up, <laughs> cute em up shooter, Poppin' Twin B, and the 16-bit Smash Tennis game. Those are both for Super Nintendo. And then there's a couple of NES games, Shadow of the Ninja. An Eliminator Boat Duel. Now, this is pretty much unanimous across the board. These games, what the fuck? Okay, what the fuck? I actually am excited to play Pop and Twin B. Never played it. Looks fun. I mean, we played the Twin B on NES that they have on there. It was fun. Like, we are so deprived of those games. We are. We're excited to I'm trying to find the positive in this, right? I'm trying to give, you know, credit. Like, thank you, Nintendo, for doing this. But, I mean, come on. Like, Twin B, Smash Tennis, Shadow of the Ninja, and Eliminator Boat Duel. Like, they look fun, and I'm excited to play them. I am. Like, the Boat Duel, I love boat racing. I love racing games. It looks cool. But we waited how long for this? This is bullshit. Come on, just call it what it is. It's stupid. This is, this is, not, this is not cool. It's not cool. Um, February 19th, in a few days, they'll be on there. 
Uh, so that means there will be 52 NES games and 26 Super Nintendo games in the library uh, for a total of 78. When you start to look at those numbers, you're like, okay, that's pretty cool. Like, I'm thankful. But it's like, damn, dude. They're not, they're not releasing, they're not releasing the, uh, the heat. They're not releasing the, the games that we want, the good stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know you guys can't hear her. She was just saying, yeah, but they also reneged on the whole, we're going to release them every month. Now they're not doing it at all. Like, we'll do them whenever we feel like it. Okay. Okay, I mean, we pay we pay monthly. We signed up for your service, but okay, you could just go back on that. I still think that's horseshit. That's not right. It's not right. Uh, Steph's grandma would say, that's not nice. It's really not. Not not one bit. Yeah, for fuck's sake. What the fuck am I reading? I don't know what the fuck I'm reading. For fuck's sake. Um, also, uh, up for auction, the Nintendo x playstation prototype goes up for auction the one and the only the prototype from the joint venture of nintendo and sony back in the day uh goes up for auction terry and dan both got um, i know these guys they're fantastic uh we had them out to game on expo several times i met them in portland at portland retro gaming great guys um they put the console up for auction on heritage auctions uh, ha.com is where they are. And um, yeah, uh, they toured the console for probably six years now, I think. Five or six years uh, taken all across the U.S., maybe even world, I don't know. Uh, in the United States for sure, uh, to conventions and whatnot. And showing it off, um, the incredible Ben Heck, he fixed it. Uh, the disk drive, when they found it wasn't working he pulled it apart ended up fixing it this is great it's a community <laughs> community uh event here it's pretty fantastic so it's uh, what people are saying is the last surviving of the only 200 that were made prototypes of the of the day which this is huge man this this honestly could be like we're probably looking at one of the rarest if not the most rare piece of gaming items ever to exist i mean this is this is massive. I mean, back in the day when, when stadium, remember this in 2011, in 2011, when stadium events sold on eBay for like 50,000 or whatever it was. And I don't know if you listen, remember that episode, you guys, but that girl that sold it on eBay, she just listed all these games that she found in her attic and stadium events was one of them. And that thing just blew up. And she's like, what is, what is up with this game? And, uh, yeah, just, that was an amazing story that she like, she said she got it for like 50 cents or something like the whole bundle, the whole box of games, like crazy stuff. And, um, you know, that's sold for like 50,000, right? And you're like, holy shit. Well, just so you know, currently as of me writing this article, it may have even gone up from, from me writing. I don't know. But when I put this text on here an hour ago, it was at $350,000 right now. $350,000. It has 18 days to go. 18 days to go. Um, Terry did go on and say earlier, uh, he did, he's done lots of interviews. He's, he's very willing to talk about it. This is what I love about uh, Terry and Dan. They're, they're great guys. They, they take this to, to conventions. 
They set it up. They plug it in. They plug in the control. They put it in your hand and say, play it and let you play the console right there on a TV, like take pictures with it. You know, like they're, you know, people are very respectful, but they understand what they're talking or looking at, but like they let you play it. Like that's so rad. Like this is a piece of gaming history that is, is, is incredible. So, um, Terry did say in interviews, he did go on to say that he has turned down, get this, he has turned down. He turned down one offer for $1.2 million for this. He turned it down. Currently at 350000 The guy who invented Oculus, ah, I should have put his tweet in here. He was tweeting about it last week. He was like, I'm bidding on this. He's like, who's the other? He's like, who are the other people bidding against me on here? Who are the other rich guys? Yeah, he said something like that. Like, who are other rich dummies do, bidding against it with me? He's like, I'm bidding on it. And I think he's a current high bidder at 350000 1.2 million. I don't know, man. If you if you had found this in your attic, um, would you sell it for $1.2 million? Uh, Yeah, I'd probably take it. <laughs> I mean, I, I probably would. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the fate of this. Actually, I'm looking at the picture. I have the picture of it here, folks, just so you guys can see it. I don't know. I don't know the fate of, of you know, who this is going to go to, right? Because it's an auction. It's open worldwide. So someone's going to buy it. And I just hope it gets in the right hands. I hope it gets into like a museum or somewhere it can be archived. And I'm sure it will. If you've got that kind of money, I mean, who are you? You know what I mean? You got to be somebody who understands you know, the magnitude, the, 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 the massive history that goes along with this. So I think it's so cool. Like, look at that thing that it says PlayStation and it's a super Nintendo like controller. And then oh, it's super Famicom up top. It's just amazing. You should go to the, um, go to the auction house, ha.com. Go look it up. It's probably going to be like their number one auction up there. And they have great high res detailed pictures of the entire console. If you unfortunately have never been able to see it, um, you should go check it out. It's pretty fantastic. Boom, right there. Look at that. My hotkeys are working. I figured it out. I fixed it. The one thing, uh, the one thing I fixed, it's like taking two steps forward and 18 steps back. Fix one thing and everything else goes shitty. Hey, uh, that was some gaming news. We got tech news coming up. Yeah. All the best of Terry and Dan. They're great guys. They're always very, very polite, very kind very generous uh, when I met them and they, they came out to game on several times for us. That was very, very nice of them. Thank you. Thanks to them for that. Uh, Google Chrome is going to start blocking insecure downloads. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you've heard this yet. The verge reported on this. Uh, Google will gradually ensure that uh, only downloads come from HTTPS. And the S there is important because that stands for secure. That means the website is secured. Um, so that you can only download secured files. I actually, here's the thing. Okay, well, let's talk about the article, then I'll get into my opinions there. Currently, Chrome version 82 will warn users if they're about to download something they shouldn't. When version 83 is released, the executable download will be blocked and the warning will be applied to archived files. Version 84, we will get the warning on PDFs and .doc files. And then version 85 will warn against audio, images, text, video files. What? Finally, with version 86, all mixed content downloads, anything that's non-secure coming from anywhere in the world will be blocked. Just blocked. Instantly blocked. <laughs> 
These warnings are also going to be across Android and iOS versions of Chrome. No specific release date yet, but that is something that they're working on. Uh, there's a there's a great little article here to show. Whoop, 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 there it is. To show what you have here, all the different files that are going to be blocked. So there's Chrome version 81. just shows the warning in the console. Chrome 82. You can kind of see here all the different things. 82, 83, 84, 85, and finally 86 is going to block it all. So here's what I, here's what I think about this. I think that, yes, it's of course, it's good to be secure. It's good to be vigilant. It's good to understand what you're downloading. And I would say a majority of people are like, we aren't, we aren't dumb like 95 anymore. You know, like we've, we figured this out. Now, we still can get hit. We still can get infected with stuff like it happens. Okay. But we're, bless you, my dear. We're, a lot of us are in the know. Like we understand about phishing emails. We understand about like weird links. And we understand like you go to a website and you got a million pop-ups and click here, click. Like we know this is bullshit. We shouldn't do it. Most of us know this. I feel like why are, why are they doing this? They're wanting to really secure Chrome. They're really wanting to secure it. But also what happens to people who aren't just, who uses for more than just browsing? Dude, hello? Let's take a look here. Let's take a look at this. Uh, .exe, .zip, .iso, .pdf, .doc, .png, .mp3. Dude, those are all files that I transfer to and from in my daily life. I don't know. Um, what do the kids say? All the time. All the time. So this is going to be a big problem for me. This is going to be a big problem. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't update your, your Chrome. You should keep it up to date, right? For security and all that. But dude, what is the option? What is the best option here? Am I sending it from... She asked if I'm sending it from an insecure site. I guess I wouldn't be. No. Maybe it won't if it's from secure. Is that really what this is all about? It's just if it's an, a non-secure site, it is, huh? Okay. That makes sense. That also poses one other issue though. That that well, just think about it. Think about it. So if if pirates and people and and evil doers are using insecure sites, all that's going to do is force them to figure out a way to fuck people over on secure sites. That's true. That's just, those are just facts. That's just facts. If you take away, if you take away the food, they're going to try to, they're, they're like a bug. They're going to go to the next place to try to find the food. They're going to go to wherever it is, wherever the hot plate is. So yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I see it both ways. Like I want to be secure. I don't want to fuck anything up. But also, I don't, I don't like any program that just does shit for me like that. That just is like, nope, nope, you can't. Nope, nope, nope. Like, let me, let me decide if I want to fuck my shit up. Like, let me decide if I want to infect my computer with the virus. Okay? Like, let me decide that. I know that sounds really ass backwards, but I'm kind of that way. Like, hey, if I need to transfer a fucking zip file to somebody from a site that may not be secure, like, but I know it's okay. And I've, I've inspected it. I've done my due diligence. Like then let me do it. Don't just block it instantly block it. So I don't know, man, that this is a really hot topic. That's a really interesting, interesting to look at. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I feel about that. Like, well, don't use Chrome. Okay, let me just let me just go. Okay, fine. I'll just use uh, Edge. Edge is great. Oh, by the way, they just uh, redid Edge with the Chromium engine. And it's actually really good. Yeah, it is. Finally. I mean, who uses Internet Explorer? Nobody. We did back in the day. But uh, yeah, it's actually really good. Now, Edge is great. You should check it out. Maybe I'll use that. Oh, wait, but I'm still on Chrome. Fuck. All right, Firefox it is, I guess. <sighs> Firefox, we meet again. <laughs> I, think, I think everyone who's a tech person goes round and round with browsers, right? You use something for a while, and then you go to Firefox, and you're like, okay, Firefox is great. Yeah, I use Firefox. And then after like a year, you're like, okay, I'm going to try something else. I'll use this, I'll use that. And then it's like, oh, it's outdated. I can't update it. My OS is too old. I got to use something else. Okay, I'll use Opera. Okay, I'm in Opera. Oh, it's great. Then Opera, oh, Flash not support. Okay, we're fucked. Now let me go to Chrome. Oh, now Chrome's going to block everything. Now I'm fucked. You know what? Turn your computer off. Just turn it off. Shut it down. Go outside. <laughs> go, go play in the dirt. All right, just get outside. Go for a drive. Smell the air. Go play in the dirt. Take your Tonka truck and just do something. You know what I mean? That's what we have to do at this point. Stop it. Get some help. Stop it. Get, get some help. Uh, NVIDIA. NVIDIA with their GeForce Now. We talked about this last episode, actually. They're losing Activision and Blizzard games. What? Now, this was what we were talking about earlier about the cloud gaming. GeForce Now lets you play PC games that you already own. Uh, you can stream them wirelessly through their GeForce Now service. With games you already own, only if the developer or publisher support that. Well, originally, I think they did. They said they did, but now they don't, unfortunately. Um, that's a big blow. So that means that any of the Activision Blizzard games like Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Overwatch, no longer supported. Um, that means that some of the biggest uh, publishers and even Battle.net catalog will no longer be available. That's crazy. Just after one week. Yeah, it was last week we mentioned this. Um, Capcom, EA, Konami, Rockstar, Square, those are all also missing. You know why they're doing this? It's because they want to control that. Like, they want to have their own service. They want to do this them themselves. And it makes sense, but it's frustrating because we have shitty-ass Stadia, we have all these other these services that don't really work right. And then we have NVIDIA to come through and use their brute horsepower of their hardware to make this work with clear system requirements, clear network requirements, right? They've clearly defined it. And then publishers are like, oh shit, they can actually do this? Fuck, okay, pull out, pull out, abort. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop, 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 abort. It's just like, dude, that's frustrating. That's frustrating because, man, I really wanted to try this. I want to do this. But, hey, maybe just with some other games, we'll do it. Give it a whirl and have some fun with it. But, yeah, Activision and Blizzard, they're out. Out of the running, at least for now. Um, yeah, I think if you sign up now, it's five bucks a month uh, for a uh, early promo deal. <clears throat> so it's pretty good. Uh, so last little bit on the uh, tech news here is that uh, we went finally um, through many years of not having it, ne actually never having it. We have slowly increased our internet speed here at the Heine house, the more Heine house we call it, is that 
we've kind of taken advantage of like, so we have Cox for, we got Cox, we got Cox for our ISP. And we've taken advantage of some of their like promos, uh, sales, you know, they, they do that, right? Like yearly little promo stuff. So we've like slowly been increasing our network here, our internet speed. Like, I think when we first started out, it was like 60. We were at like 60, right? There was like kind of like the basic. And then we went up to, I think it was like 150, I think it was. And then it was like, okay, you want to go from 150, the next step is 300, 300 down, like 20 up. And because I was having issues streaming and I couldn't, we were doing all kinds of shit and it was like not, I was wanting to stream in like 1080p, right? So it was taking more network. I had more bandwidth. So we upgraded that. Then we went to the Doxus three and then to go to the 300 megabits down, we had to go to the Doxus 3.1. So we went to the Doxus 3.1. We got the Netgear Nighthawk router. We got a bunch of cool stuff and uh, made it happen. So, that's all good and fun. But we weren't getting, it was kind of hit or miss. We weren't really getting the speed. All right. So a little story time here. We weren't really getting the internet speed that we were paying for. We weren't even getting half. We're getting like 90 down, 90 down. And we're like, I'm like, what? Is, what is, and the upload was fine. The upload was like 30. And this lasted weeks, right? So like, what is going on here? So we get on tech support with Cox. We're talking to him. We're troubleshooting. We're doing the whole rigmarole, the whole thing. Um, and we're going through the troubleshooting. You know, reset everything. Da, 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 check your cables. And, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, whatever. Yeah, 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 I've already done this. I've already done this. I'm looking, I'm looking. And we're sitting there. And I'm like, dude, I finally, I finally am telling this guy. I'm like, what is, I said, we have a bottleneck and I, and I was having a conversation. I go, look, something is up because there's a bottleneck somewhere in here because we can get, we're getting service to the house, right? When I plug, I said, when I plug directly into the, um, the router, we get service. But then nothing else, it doesn't work. Nothing else works around here. I'm trying to remember exactly how I said this because I had an epiphany as I was talking to this guy and figured it out. So I want to make sure I say this right. So as I'm typing to this guy and I'm saying, I said the the word bottleneck. So we have a bottleneck somewhere. And I just, in my head, I I go through the pace like, okay, wait, where the fuck would the bottleneck be? Okay, so we have, we have the service at the curb comes to the house there could be a bottleneck in there that could be capable but we've had fast service before so i don't know something's going on something's weird here coming to the house okay is it the cable from the wall to the cable modem is that bad no we've we've used that before this is this been fast in the past something's something's wrong here so then i follow it up so what i do is i take my computer again and i plug my computer directly into the modem we got fast speed. We have fast internet. I'm like, okay, so it's getting from the curb to the house to here. Okay. So then I come in and I look at our router and modem. We have a, a two router, a, a one router, one modem setup. And we have all of our hardwired, um, all of our hardwired devices going to a hub, a our switch. I'm sorry, an Ethernet switch, a gigabit switch should be totally fine. 
and we've used it before and everything's been functional. I mean, it's been great. So I'm like, okay, the bottleneck might be somewhere related to this. Well, I start, I start unplugging cables, right? I start plugging in one by one. I'm troubleshooting each device. I go to Steph's computer, check her network, go to mine, check mine, check the Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is blazing fast. What the fuck? Okay. Come to find out this long winded story here. Come to find out. I just go, there's only one place that we can bottleneck in here. It is the, it's gotta be the cable that's connected from the modem or from the router to the hub has to be there's no they're like we have service here if it's going to the the switch has to be so i actually i unplug it i switch it with another cable boom instantly we've got our speed it goes right back up i go over to the chat i go dude pump the brakes i said look i just figured it out I said, we're bottlenecked by a cable that has either gone bad or is going bad or something. Or maybe it was just the wrong cable to begin with. It came with our uh, Nighthawk router. I was using it for that. And that's a, that's a gigabit router. Like it absolutely should handle that. So I'm thinking it was like a faulty cable or something or going bad or something. It has to be. I unplugged it. I grabbed one of my other cables uh, from Monoprice that I have a little, little one footer. Plugged it in. Boom, boom. Fired it all back up. Went to check it. Boom. We're getting 300 down. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe it was this fucking faulty cable. We've been going through all this bullshit, right? So I go back to the chat and I'm like, all right, hey, thanks. Thanks. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. Guy goes, well, hold on a second. If you have a moment, can I just, I want to let you know about something. I go, oh, great. Here comes the fucking sales pitch. I mean, you know, you got to give them, you got to give it to them because that's, that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to do this. They require, yeah, exactly. They're required. We've, we've worked in, in this. We understand what they're supposed to do. So I just like, cool, let, let's let him do his blurb. So he'll get his credit that he tried and all this. Well, he comes back and he says, Hey, um, here's where they're going to get him. He's like, Oh, I'm talking to Jason Heine. I'm going to get this motherfucker. I got this this fucking sucker on the line. Hook, line and sinker. Where's the fucking fishy pole? I got this son of a bitch. That's pretty much what he said. And then he decided to talk politely to me he goes hey um it looks like gigabit internet service is available at your address which which it hasn't always been by the way this is new as of like last year i think it's last year so they must have they must have been doing some upgrades and i'm like oh (laughs) i write back oh question mark i'm like please do tell more and he's like yeah, so what we can do, uh, if you're interested, we'll get you signed up for the gigabit, which for people who may not know, that's 1,024 megabit per second down. That's a gigabyte down. And I think it's 50 up. And we're like, oh, okay. It's like, you know, if you're interested, we could sign you up for that plan. We could send you out our all-in-one panoramic Wi-Fi modem router, router bundle. It comes with all the hardware you need. It's all included. The service, here's the kicker. It's only $9 more a month. $9 more. So we can go from 300 all the way up to a gigabit, gigabyte. Like, whoa. And I'm sitting there. I'm literally on the phone chat. Like, I'm, I'm totally just like, appeasing this guy by letting him do his thing right as i'm eating dinner i'm like looking at the chat like eating dinner when he said that i almost spit my food out i'm like holy sh- i'm like holy shit 
It's only $9 more a month. He's like, yeah, that's for a year promo. <clears throat> and I write him back. I'm like, look, dude, I'm not paying any extra for rental. All right. I said, I've owned my hardware for years. I've got a hardware that can handle all this. Um, I don't want to pay a rental. I said, what if the service doesn't work? Can I, can I return it? Can I refund it? Like, is, is there a contract? And I was asking all the questions, no contract, pay it monthly. It's $9 more. There's no rental on the hardware. It's all included. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, dude, okay, this sounds pretty legit. And so this is again, another thing kind of against my rules. I don't usually do this sort of thing. I'm pretty conservative with like doing this. I like to just kind of control, like when it comes, especially hardware and stuff like that, I like to control all of it. But I, I talked to Steph, I look at Steph, I go, should we just do this? Like this looks, this sounds pretty good. Like, th okay, this is either going to go really right or really wrong. They're either going to like, this shit's going to show up and they're going to fuck us incredibly hard somehow, or this is going to plug in and everything's going to just work right. And she's like, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> so I said, okay, let's go. He's like, cool. It will be there in three days. Sure enough, three days later, we got this nice, wish I could show it. It's really nice looking. It's almost like this little tower. It's more tall than it is wide. So it doesn't take up a lot of desk space. It has a fan in the back. It's blowing out hot fucking air. All right. It's working. Um, it has an app that so far has been great. It connects to my, my Wi-Fi. I can port forward from my app. I can check what devices are connected. I can see when new devices connect, when they disconnect, what's currently connected. I can see their bandwidth how much data has been transferred through these devices. I can name it. I can create profiles. I can say Steph's Kindle PC uh, Chromebook and this belong to her. And she has her own little profile. We can look at that. It can break down how much data that used, how much data that like, it's amazing. Like it's really cool. This is being, this is like a, this is not how I usually go about shit. Right. So I'm kind of like, I'm very leery about this. I'm very almost paranoid. Like, uh, I don't know, man. Y'all, ISPs, y'all been fucking us over for many years, okay? So, like, for you to say this and for this to work right, I'm kind of like, I don't know, when's it going to explode? Because I feel like it's a ticking time bomb. But so far, it's been great. I, honestly, when it's right, it's right, and I'll say it. And it has been. It's been great. Um, so we're on giga, gigabit. We're getting about 900 down and 50 up. And that's great because, man, when I, I upload a videos, we download a game. I just downloaded a 30 gigabyte uh, game. The other day, uh, I think I downloaded PUBG test server because they have TDM that's in there now and I wanted to try it. And um, it was like 32 gigs or 28 gigs or something. It took like nine minutes. Just was like, boop, done. Fucking 30 gigs. Now, the only drawback is that it is a one terabyte cap still. All right. We have a one terabyte total data upload and download cap, which we are absolutely going to hit. We are absolutely, we get close as it is. We get about eight, nine hundred every month as it is with my streaming. Yeah. As I stream more and I'm streaming 60 frames, 1080p high quality, the hardware can handle it. The network can handle it. So we're going to, we do, it looks nice. It's great for the viewers. It lets them scale it. You know, it's, it gives them options. Um, and then I'm been uploading YouTube videos that are five, six gigs every video. It's just like, boom, you know, uh, it's going to happen, but Hey, what can you do? What can you do? I know they offer an unlimited, data plan i think it's like 40 or 50 bucks more or something it's like oh you know now now <laughs> now we're talking i'm telling you by the end of this we're going to be like a thousand bucks a month just on service for internet 
Uh, hashtag 2025. That's our internet goal. Yeah. Not cool. So anyway, hey, little story time. Check your check your cables, folks. Um, actually, let's do a little PSA. For everyone out there right now, go home, or if you are home, go check all of your hardwired Ethernet cables, all right? Make sure that every one of them is a Cat5e or Cat6. Go ahead, do it right now. Go check it, and the cables will say on there what they are, all right? They are branded. Uh, the older, you want Cat5e. If it says cat 5 you don't want that because that's limited to only a hundred down. All right. So you want to, you want to make sure that you have the right cables. Now they're fully backwards compatible. Cat 5 e cat six will all work with your old hardware. It's just the amount of bandwidth that they're able to transfer. All right. So cat 5 e or cat six, if you don't have those go somewhere, go to model price. I'll, I'll shout them out. They're fantastic. I have so many cables from model price. They're great. They're affordable. Get those cables Redo all of your, your hardware, your computers. Make sure you're taking full advantage of the speed. You may not even know that you're losing it. And your hardware may be able to give that to you, your modem and router, your ISP. That might be the case. And also, hey, they can go bad as we've seen. What did I do with this cable, Steph? I walked right into the kitchen. She's in there like having a sandwich looking at me. I walk in with this blue cable. I grab the scissors. I stare at her dead in her eyes. And she's like, what are you doing? I just grab the cable and I go, boom. I cut that fucker right in half. And she goes, <gasps> And you know what she said? She's so she's so sweet. This is why I love her. This is what she says. She goes, Cable was just trying to do its job. It was just trying to do its job. And I look at her and I go, God damn it. I just threw it right in the garbage can. Just, yes, it was, but it did it wrong. She even felt bad for the cable. <laughs> just trying to do its job. Yeah, well, it did it wrong. <laughs> so good. So sweet. So, hey, story time. That was tech story time. We're going to take a call now. Uh, I think we got just one call from a man, uh, Cameron. 503-908-5490 is the phone number. Get at me. I love to talk. I love to love to follow up. And this, and I appreciate you doing this, um, Cameron, because it's nice to have a little conversation. As a matter of fact, I might as well just have you on the podcast. I might as well just have you come on and talk with me for a little bit. You have all these great questions. Great questions, great, great uh, comments about things. So maybe we could, maybe we can have you on just for a little moment. Are you on Discord? Hit me up. Um, let's see. He's got, he's got, see, he's got two voicemails. Look at that. See, he forgets about some stuff and he sends in another one. That's my man right there. Let's see if this loads up any quicker on my iPad. No, nope, I guess not. I'll, I'll be I'll be bottlenecked by my iPad, right, Steph? Bottlenecked. Yeah, exactly. Let me turn off my my mirroring here. Here we go. Hey, Jason, it's uh, Cameron Johnson again. I guess this is going to be a new segment called Questions from Cameron. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, just wanted to uh, respond to your, I guess your sort of comments on the latest podcast. You brought up a really cool point, interesting point, something that I didn't think about. It is sort of tragic in a way that I, well, not tragic, but uh, unfortunate that I sold my collection, Genesis collection, about 10 years ago. Um, didn't get the most money for the games. Had a lot of really good, expensive games that are at least expensive now um, games. But, uh, you know, I'm collecting with purpose now, and I'm getting back only the games I want. You know, I'm 36. I think you're probably a, a similar age, you know, I don't think we have much to prove. I don't have anything I need to, you know, I don't need to show off my collection necessarily. And it's really just for me. So I don't need the, the shelf to be any more full 
than it has to be, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, like I said, I stick to my list. I don't uh, deviate that much. Of course, there's always a little deviation. But if I buy a game I don't like, I just sell it. There's no need to uh, to pad the shelf with uh, filler, at least for me. Um, here's my question for you uh, for this week. So have you ever heard of the – I'm sure you've heard of it, but Discrod, is that, a, is that an issue for you? Have you looked into it? Um, it's something that I, I uh, didn't think much of. I know a lot of uh, CDs from the early 80s and, you know, ones that weren't manufactured to the highest standards are prone to that or ones that are, you know, in, in you know, sort of stored in, uh, improperly. It's, uh, it's definitely a possibility to have that. But I looked at some of my Sega CD games and I, I, uh, held them up to the, to the light and saw some little tiny pinholes and that's supposedly disc rot, I think. Um, but yeah, so I guess, you know, with that sort of, uh, optical media, uh, is it, I think, is it more fragile, you think, than uh, cartridges? I think that probably is. You know, with disk drives, you mentioned the Wii, that being a, a potential weak link, um, disk drives in general. So, And I'll leave you with this last point. I think in 50 years, there'll be a lot of dead PS2s, Wiis, PS3s, PS4s, 5s, etc., Xboxes. And, uh, but I think there'll be plenty of 16-bit consoles still trucking. You know, dig up your old Super Nintendo, Genesis, and I bet they'll probably still work. Uh, I guess theoretically, because we won't have the TVs for them anymore. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, take care. Thanks for indulging my very long-winded message, and uh, let's talk again next week. Sounds good, Cameron. Yeah, absolutely. And you said, I mean, that you said so many great things in there too. Um, I'm trying to remember all this stuff in, in order. Yeah, you t- talked about collecting with purpose. You talked about you sold off your Genesis collection back 10 years ago when they weren't worth a whole lot. Now that they are again, that's kind of this, like the mainstream that's, that's the pitfalls of it just being like mainstream and popular and everyone's getting back into it because they Genesis is amazing and people are seeing that and they're coming back around. Yes, that is, that is definitely heartbreaking, but it's okay because like you said, and we talked about this last week is collecting with purpose. We are around the same age. Yes. We don't have to prove anything. Um, yes, I have this great display behind me. It's just for show. It's for this podcast, right? I've got, I can't even tell you, I have bins, literal, I have literal bins just full of my entire gaming life. Bins and bins and bins and bins of stuff. And it's like, I don't necessarily need to have it all out on display. Like I want to play what I want to play when it's there, pull out a bin, take a look. And you know, that's something that actually I'm going to start doing is, um, on a Patreon after party, I'm going to pull out some of these bins and I'm going to just kind of like live on camera, just go through them and show and talk about stuff, talk about my memories, talk about some of the cool stuff you're going to see. Some of the, I have some really rare stuff that I don't even remember what I have in these bins. So like, if you want to check some of that out, join Patreon, um, uh, get in there for the after party for sure. Um, that's a $5 tier. So get in there, check it out. Shameless plug. But anyway, yes, Cameron, absolutely. Gaming with purpose and collecting with purpose is super important and it's like, I love having stuff like this out for me, just for me. Yeah. Sometimes friends come over and they're just like, oh, wow, holy shit. Like, it's amazing. Like, you know, most people don't get to see this sort of thing. It's a, it's a bit of pride. And I have pride showing like, yes, like I remember going to Fred Meyer, all right. When this game, when Half-Life 2, when this game came out and purchasing this game in this box, off the, off the shelf. I remember like I have memories attached to every single piece in my collection. Think about that for a second. I can grab any bit of it and I have a memory attached to it. I have some sort of 
connection to it. And that to me is exciting. That's am- I love that. I think it's so great. And that is what, that's why the collection is what it is because it's just stuff, right? If it all went up in a fire, Hey, I have my life. I'm still alive. We're good. All this stuff can be repurchased. Although at a premium, you can re you can get all the stuff back. It's really just about the memories attached to it. Uh, the ability to go and grab it and, and, and touch it and look at it and open it up and check it out. And, and, you know, and sometimes I don't know, smell it, you know, Hey, you know, we do that. We do that. It's okay. Steph's looking at me. Yeah, we do that. It's okay. Um, so yeah, I, I think, um, that you had great points about that collecting with, with purpose. Um, and then you talked about, uh, I want to make sure I hit everything. You talked about disc rot. Yeah. Now this is something now CDs that were manufactured back in the eighties to of lower standards. This may be more of an issue. Now there's a lot of conflicting information about this out there. And we have, there are some, some discs suffer this worse than others. And if you don't know what disc rot is, I'll try to just sum it up a little bit. It's when the metallic, one of the metallic coatings on a CD, a disc, starts to come apart and come off. And if you don't know about, you should really, if you don't know about optical media, about CDs, you should go and watch like a video on like the history of the compact disc. You should really watch that. I'm sure there's tons of them on YouTube. Go watch them to learn about how the disc works, how the laser works with the optical medium, how it reads from the inside out. Like it's really, really fascinating. I'm not going to go into it here. Uh, maybe sometime, maybe I could do that for something. Maybe we can talk about it. But um, so disc rot is when one of the metallic or some of the metallic um, coating on one of the layers starts to deteriorate and come off. Now, uh, discs need these layers in order to read the data. So what happens is when this stuff starts to come off, you can imagine is that the optical media stops uh, reading and you have issues with that. Um, many factors can play a role in this. Um, so fucking many factors that I, honestly, there are, there are factors that I don't even know that could exist. Um, the ones that I know off the top of my head, whatever you use to clean your discs, that can play a role. If any of that's abrasive, um, if some people used to use, oh my God, I used to watch people use Windex to clean their discs. Don't use Windex for anything. If you have Windex, throw it out the fucking window. It has ammonia in it. Ammonia is terrible. It will destroy shit. Do not, just do not use it. Use ammonia-free. God, if you're gonna if you're gonna use anything that's like cleaner, like glass cleaner or Windex, anything like that, don't use it on your discs, first of all. But in general, don't use anything with ammonia, especially on like cars and discs, anything like that. Don't do that. I learned the hard way. I I'm just gonna I was just gonna say it. She interrupted me. I used to okay, I learned this the hard way. No, 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 this is great because whenever I make a mistake, I always talk about it. This is a great lesson. I used to wash my car with palm olive. Right out of the fucking kitchen. I used to go into the house and grab, oh, we're out of we're out of car wash. Okay, I'll go into the house and I grab Pomolive. I look at it and I'm like, oh, uh, tough on grease, soft on hands. Well, fucking A, my car's got grease all over. This ought to be great. Soft on hands. Dude, my hands never came out so fucking soft. I swear. I was stroking my face. Yeah, you thought I was going to say something else. I was stroking my face all day long. My hands were so soft. It was wonderful. Pomolive is terrible. Do not use that. It was cutting through the clear coat of the car. Don't fucking do that. It's terrible. You want to use specific wash. That's why this soap is expensive for cars and stuff. You know, use really high-end stuff. Use um, you know, Meguiar's or whatever else have you. Do, do not use Armor All. Oh, my God, please. One day, we'll, we can talk about cars, too, someday. I'm getting way off topic, Cameron. I'm sorry. But, yeah, do not use Armor All either on your car. Do not use that cheap fucking pop-buttered bullshit. Don't use it. 
throw it out, throw it out. I don't care if you have a full bottle, take it, put it in the garbage. It's bad. It's bad for your car. It's bad for everything. Um, and then watch armor all. Hey, Jay, would you like to sponsor our episode? <laughs> Uh, this episode of Heidi House Live brought to you by Armorall. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So anyway, disc rot. So discs can this can happen to discs. One, if they're manufactured back in the '80s with a lower quality of uh, lower standards, um, that can happen. I think more or less it also has more of a role of how they're stored. And in what conditions they're stored in. And then right after that, maybe rule number three is how they were cleaned. Because if you do use Windex or something abrasive, ammonia, if you dunk them in a big vat of pomolive, you know, you're going to have issues down the road. It will deteriorate. Not at first, but down the road as they age, you'll start to see that. Now, in your case, if you're starting to see, I don't know where you live and it's none of my business, but if you live in a place that um, has high humidity, uh, if you live in a place that's more damp, like maybe some some place in the south, um, or maybe um, even even in some cases like the northwest where I'm from, if if they're stored improperly in a damp, moist environment, that that does play a role. And I I've seen people get disc rot who have had a disc stored in say an attic for like ten years, pull out and all their PS1 discs. Not only are the uh, all the paper and manuals warped and fucked up but the discs also have the disc rot because they're kind of deteriorating up there they're moist and that's that's not what you want you want everything to be stored in a very dry climate if you can honestly um and it's kind of it's kind of a tough thing because some people have like instruments like i have instruments i have drums and i have guitars and things and so you know there's in a perfect world you'd want those to be stored in a humidity controlled environment, right? Well, this is getting really hardcore now, but yes, your games and your game collection. Also, if you want it to last forever or be preserved for as long as you can, you're going to want to check the environment that it's in. It does play a role. Absolutely. Now they don't, don't have any hard evidence, like exactly like, Oh, well, if it's, it's 58% humidity and that's bad. Oh, it's 10% humidity. You're good. Like, no, I don't have hard facts. It's just it's like rule of thumb type stuff. So, um, do I have issues with disc rot? Um, I want to say no and yeah, because I don't know. I mean, no, I do know. The answer is no. I haven't ever had an issue with disc rot. Do I though? I'm not sure. There's too many games. I have not checked them all. So maybe down the road, I'll, I'll start breaking out some discs. Every, every couple of years, I try to like put my hand on every console that I have in a, in an assortment of games. Like remember a couple of years ago, I pulled out the Dreamcast and we had all the Dreamcast out. Um, a year before that, I pulled out, um, I think I pulled out Saturn and we were looking at Saturn stuff and I don't think we played it much, but I pulled that. And then the year before that, I did 3DO. We pulled that out. We played through Fatty Bear and had a great time playing through all the 3DO stuff and all those games looked great. So check your collection, you know, go through them. Um, it's when it stops reading the data, that's when you're going to have a huge issue there. Um, so anyway, Cameron, great question. I know you, you had a follow up here again. This is like, this is, um, this is a chat with Cameron. Uh, where did my fucking thing go? Where did my email go? I just closed the tab by accident. That's all good. I'll just pull it up here. Yeah, man, that is um, that is something that you're going to want to be very careful about. Oh, here we go. Uh, because, you know, you just, I don't know, just try to keep it in storage. And if you have to storage, try to try to keep it in a not too humid, right? Not too hot. Like, yeah, I mean... 
yeah, or a dehumidifier, depending on the environment. You know, if it's really humid or really hot, it's probably not the best. That's why I've been trying to convert. I talked about this last episode. I've been converting all, a lot of my collection out of the garage and get it in the house here. And I've done that with a lot of it. I don't have any games or any cartridges or anything out there, I think, out there in the garage. Because in the summertime, it gets over 100 in there. It gets really, really hot. And that actually has damaged some stuff that I unfortunately have found, you know, it, through going through stuff. But it's just the way it is. Like, you can't fit everything inside your house. That's why Steph, she just said she sleeps on the roof. And that's that's the reason. Hey, look, the Coleman tent, it's nice, right? It's nice. I mean, you have to keep your head away from that vent over there because that's the bathroom vent. And boy, that smells sometimes, I know. But hey, these are all things you got to you gotta deal with. It's, it's, you know, when you got a collection, you got to do what you got to do, Steph. She's a trooper. All right, here's this follow-up here, Cameron. Thank you. Follow-up. <laughs> Questions with hey, Cameron. Jason, Cameron again. I just realized I forgot to uh, give you a little bit of uh, friendly advice. If you're thinking about getting rid of a collection, unless you just need a lot of need money or uh, absolutely need space, it can be tempting to kind of declutter. Um, you know, if you're not playing it, I understand, but uh, I would recommend against just getting rid of an entire collection, going EverDrive, because – Chances are you're probably like me. You like the physical stuff. You like the physical aspects, or else you know we wouldn't collect anything. You know, you're you're a collector. I'm a collector. I, I kind of had to learn that when it's all said and done, I'm a collector at heart. It is. It just is who I am. My wife is not a collector whatsoever, um, so she doesn't get it. But it's just you know, it is. It is who I am, uh, it, and it is what it is. So I would not. Uh, I would recommend against it. Anyway, take care. Thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think, did I, did I play the right one? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, I don't remember if I answered this last time or not. You're, you're sending in so many great questions. I forgot. Anyway, February 3rd, maybe we already talked about this. Um, yeah. And you know, when you talked about your EverDrive and you got rid of your Genesis stuff, I was thinking to myself, man, you know, we've done that. We actually, Steph and I have, we were forced to do that at one point. Um, she got rid of a lot of her stuff and I got rid of a lot of my stuff, NES stuff. She got rid of a lot of her first four figures and a bunch of great stuff. And yeah. And you know, it sucks and we regret it, but we had to do it, you know, at that time. And so, you know, that is, that is frustrating. Um, but no, we are, we are, we're not actively interested at like unloading a big majority of the collection. I mean, we have a lot of stuff but it's like, like I talked about before, there's an attachment to some stuff. There's memories attached to these things. And a lot of times, Steph, more than me, like she really wants to play a lot of this stuff and go through it, you know, and enjoy it. And I think that's fantastic. And it's there for the taking. It's there to do it. That's why we, that's why we collect it. So, um, yeah, man, Cameron, thank you so much. Great questions. I appreciate that. You know, we're going to have a chat, chat time with Cameron questions from Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great, but you see folks, great opportunity for all of us. If you're listening right now, that means you call in 503-908-5490. Would love to uh, answer any questions, talk about collecting any of this stuff, man. This is fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Call me, start some shit. Talk to me. I need to have a little like uh like an intro or something for it. Like yeah. we're going to take calls and, Call me. Start some shit, bitch. 
<laughs> exactly. I need to have like the, you've got voicemail. I used it on the Thrifton episode uh, recently. <laughs> when uh, when you found the, um, spoiler for the Thrifton episode, when you found the um, uh, landline voicemail box, yeah. I went to my archive of AOL sounds and I pulled... You probably didn't hear this one this much. You always heard, you've got mail, always. But you never really heard. There was two others that I actually used in the episode because one, uh, I'm going to spoil everything. We found that camera, right? So I used, you've got pictures. There was one when you got pictures. They had a photos tab on AOL and it was like, you've got pictures. Believe me, I know about the pictures. (laughs) (laughs) So that one, and then also you could get a voicemail. And so... You didn't hear this a lot because it was, I mean, who the fuck was sending a voicemail on AOL in 96, but they, they recorded it. You've got voicemail. So yeah, you're gonna have to, when the episode comes out, you know, because you, you don't have access to it, I guess. Nope. She's, she's not on. You better join Patreon stuff. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh my goodness. I'll send you the link. Yeah. It's hilarious though. Um, so yeah. Um, call me up. You can call me up. Uh, let's go to um i think that's it i think that wraps up the show i don't have any other notes folks y'all are amazing let's give us let's give a round of applause to the incredible support from the patrons that you see right here on your screen if you enjoyed this episode or any of the others and you want to see me continue doing this this show here i would love to and the reason why it's still alive is because of your support here patreon.com slash jason Heine, that's me. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going through my band camp because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a song as I say goodbye to everyone. But a shout out to all of the, the Game Loft tiers. That is part of the perk when you join and you get that verbal shout out, y'all. And I really do appreciate the support. Brandon, George, Aaron, Weldon, Tammy, Sam, Luke, Ryan, and Justin. Another round of applause for these amazing people. But for, for everyone, of course. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, let's see. What's it going to be? What am I going to play, Steph? We have a lot of options here. Um, okay. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a super, super duper throwback. Super duper throwback. Let me uh, mirror the screen so everyone can see this. I'm going to tell a quick story about it before we say goodbye. Um, there it is. So I'm going to play... Because I recently did my top 20 Super Nintendo games video, we had some comments in there. Actually, I think Sam commented. He's like, man, this takes me back to the EMU review days. He was like, man, your reviews are awesome. I loved it. He's like, do more, 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 more. More are coming for sure. I'm going to do more stuff like that. But I'm going to play my original theme to the emulator review right here. I have it on my Bandcamp page. And there's a story behind it. I haven't told the story. I don't think publicly. I don't know. Maybe I have. Maybe I haven't. I don't know. There was a competition when I lived in Colorado um, from a local newspaper. They were like the, whatever your local entertainment newspaper was at any place, wherever you live, they all have a local entertainment paper. Um, and so they were doing an article saying, Hey, if any of you out there are musicians or audio people, we're doing a contest. We went up to a local arcade with a microphone and recorded just walking through the arcade. 
All right. They recorded 45 minute long MP3 of them walking through an arcade. You can hear pinballs. You can hear DDR. You can hear people putting in coins. You can hear the change machines. You can hear the winning. You can hear let's make a deal. You can hear all these games going off. Right. And you can hear these sounds. They said, take all of these sounds and make a song out of these sound effects, which is what they were. Just basically sound effects with maybe little snippets of music and sound that is, you know, that, you, that you'd hear from a game, maybe in a tracked mode or a game over screen or, you know, music of some sort, maybe an intro to a game, you'd hear that. But in, in theory, it was 45 minutes long of nothing but sound effects. So in 2009, I was living in Colorado and I thought this was a great opportunity. This is what I do. I love audio. I love music. I love sound effects. Let me see if I can do something and make something. In 2009, I did. And I made this song. At the time, it wasn't my theme to emulate a review. I was actually, this was even before I was building out my channel. This was just something I did to submit to the newspaper. Um, and I ended up getting second place in this. And it was great. And so they put the top five in the newspaper. And it was my little, I didn't have anyone there to share it with. It was just me living there by myself. But it was really cool to like, hey, look, I got my name in the newspaper and my song. And they put a little link to it. And uh, they played it on their, their newspaper's website. And it was really cool. And I got to hear everyone else's. And it was awesome. It was a really cool thing to be a part of. So I thought that was fantastic. And I ended up a year later when I launched my YouTube channel. This was the theme that I used for it. And sure, I maybe had a one-minute intro in my earlier days. We learned the hard way. That's probably not very smart to do. But I was excited. <laughs> Uh, it more or less annoyed people because who wants to sit through a one minute intro? Oh my God. I can't even imagine. I cringe when I think about it now. Um, I, I chopped it up to 30 seconds, then 15 seconds, then 10 seconds. And then I just got rid of the intro completely. And now I have it very fine tuned, of course. But back in the day I had an intro. This was the song. This is my theme to the emulator review built completely off of sound effects from that 45 minute clip. I took them, chopped them up, made a song. Here it is. Uh, and then we're going to wrap it up and say goodnight. Thank you, folks. Heinehouse.com is a website. Go to my Bandcamp page if you want this song or any of the others. I love you so much. Thank you for spending your day or evening with me. Have a wonderful night. Do, do, do. What? Penny Arcade? What? I headed right over to Manitou, that's where it is All the fun in the sun while I play All the games only way this would be better If I found me a date But the day I came to play in Oh yes, I brought my game face I wanna beat the high score in DDR But I'm scrounging in my pockets I'm running out of quarters Game over
Hear that Donkey Kong for the bass line in there? Crazy. really cool when we'll actually go back and listen to it i haven't heard it in a really long time you can hear all the different sounds and different sound effects that i threw in there the drums like the kick and the snare was from ddr they sat there whoever recorded it and like recorded someone playing ddr you know like when you select a song it has that like little like that kick hit it's like like when you select the song so that was the kick and then when they were dancing and moving their feet on the metal they would slam their foot down and that was the sound i I took for the snare drum. You can hear the fortune teller in there. A lot of really cool stuff. I sampled the Donkey Kong uh, song, chopped that up and made that for the bass line. Man, it's really cool. Anyway, it takes me back. Anyway, hey, you have a good night, you guys. Catch you later. Thanks for, uh, thanks for watching and listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>